0: Welcome to Chronic Curiosity, where we have real conversations with real people, from everything to anything, in attempts to facilitate dialogue with our fellow humans, and hopefully your curiosity as well as ours. If you can withstand the show, we ask, most importantly, that you tell your friends and family, but also, you can pick up some merch, or just donate to the show at chronic-curiosity.com in USD or Bitcoin. If you feel so obliged you can give us a good rating and follow on whatever podcast platform you so choose please feel free to reach out to us on the website or the socials which can also be found on the website chronic-curiosity.com and here we go i want to take a moment and officially apologize to jessica naledi In this episode, uh, as you'll hear in the very beginning, we had some technical difficulties, thought we had them all figured out. Uh, Apparently we did not, and I didn't realize it until after the show was completed. Uh, So I really appreciate uh, just coming on and talking to us. She was a little bit reluctant, and somehow it was only her microphone that didn't get recorded properly. Uh, so she will sound a little funny because we had to do some little things in the back end, um, but her words were important and wanted to make sure uh, you everyone was able to hear what she said. Uh, so there might be a little little background noise. So I apologize for that, but thank you for joining us today, and thank you again to Craig and Jessica Naletti. Here we go. All right, how about that? All right, there we go. Shut well. It off Sometimes, hey, that's a, that's, uh, you should take an IT job. Did, did, you, did you turn it off? Did you, oh, did you, did you unplug it and plug it back in yet? Isn't that what IT always tells you first? Yep. Like, yeah, I tried that. Mm-hmm. Craig? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, thanks for coming back on, man. Um, yeah. The first time you were on you let it slip that you had something big coming and then I let my entire body slip for like nine months. Cause I was like, we got a gym coming. Why do I need to work out anywhere else? Yeah. How has that whole thing been going?
1: It's a, it was a ton of work up front, but, um, it's been great. Like I, I, I enjoy opening gyms, um, probably more than anything else. It's just cool to take a place that's used for something else or nothing at all and turn it into something people can come and find benefit from. So, um, no, it's been great. I think we've been open five weeks now, and it's been good. So how was I – when mean, I know when
0: you – that was, like, shortly after you talked to us that you would like, just gotten the – or you didn't have the building yet. So the, the, the period of – I mean, that's not long to do what you did. But it didn't seem like it seems like most of the time you're like, well, I just I'm going to start doing this thing and we're going to see what happens. Did you did you see it all working out like you hoped it would?
1: Yeah, I it it did come together pretty good. Like I thought it costs a lot more money to do the renovations than I anticipated. Um, But I was I'm okay with that because I, you know, last two years I started looking more longer term not really looking to try to make a quick buck, but just like, okay, five, 10 years from now, what do I want to be doing? And, uh, so it, you know, I, I, I consider it a success at this point. Um, got a lot of great people there and the people that have come in so far to be part of the gym have been like, you're more serious gym people, you know, they're, they're not just like, oh, I'll try it out, you know, cause our gym's not cheap, you know, it's probably more more expensive one in town. um, but I, f- I feel like I provide a better service for people, um, so that's always been my direction. Is like, hey, if you're if you're into training, when you want to get started, or you're serious about it, either one, I I feel like we have something for you. Um, so so I feel pretty good about where we've gotten so far, and it just takes time to grow a gym. You know, from my experience, it just isn't. You don't just flip the sign like a restaurant and it's flooded with people. Like it just takes some time. So, right. Yeah. I think, I think saying there's something for everybody
0: is an overstatement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many, it's how many square feet? Yeah. Uh,
1: 27,000.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So over half an acre yeah. of just, just gym.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's there's something for
1: everybody. I just needed room. Like that's with my gym in Ashland, I built it and I was like, I'll never fill this up. Well, that lasts about a year. So <laughs> I'm like, let's go really big and uh got a yeah. The whole thing was really strange how it worked out, but um got a call from a friend. He said, Hey, this building's gonna be for sale. Do you want it? I'm like, No. <laughs> like why what makes you think I'm looking for a building? But uh it was just meant to be. And then a couple of weeks later I was like, ah, let me check it out. And then, you know, it's history from there. So it's, uh, just worked out well, good location, good space. And, um, yeah, it's, it's still a work in progress, but pretty happy with how it's gone so far.
2: What, like what changed your mind when you were like, no, I'm not interested. And then you, you kind of checked it out and you're like, Hmm. Uh,
1: I guess it's hard for me to like, uh, you know, it's weird. Cause like when I'm awake, like I can't, I, I constantly think about the business, like the gym, like mm-hmm. that's just what I, so it's kind of a curse and a blessing at the same time, but like, it's hard for me to like shut that off. So I guess when I heard it was, there was a availability there for a gym. I'm like, man, that's a cool location. It's a big space. I know the Worcester community. Um, so I guess I just couldn't stop thinking about that. And then, uh, uh you know, everything kind of fell into place. Everything worked out pretty well. So there was no big roadblocks or obstacles, I guess. And uh I've always liked to have more than one gym. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I think that's kind of weird for a lot of people. You know, if you're not opening like 10 gyms or whatever, most people stick with like one, but uh I've always, I don't know. I've always just liked to have multiple things going on. It's something to keep me busy and, keep me working, and uh, I, I like that.
2: Bro, have you thought about challenging the other gyms in the area to a dodgeball game? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: it's an option, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we dodgeball warm-up at CrossFit sometimes over in Ashland, so. Going to
2: dodge some wrenches first.
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Start throwing around 45-pound
0: plates. Yeah. <laughs> Frisbees. Yeah. Feel like you could. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: have, you, have you always been like that with a business idea if something just gnaws at you and you're just like, whew, I got to pursue uh, this.
1: I think that um, the only time I've ever had that was with gyms. Okay. I don't have a desire. I've never, I mean, I've admired a lot of other businesses. Like I would love to own my own, like uh, place where people could play live music. Mm-hmm. I've always, that's something I really do enjoy seeing is live Barbecue, music. Barbecue Yeah. Uh-oh. And, uh, but, but, you know, I don't know a lot about that. So I've admired it. And maybe if the stars align someday, that'll be my next adventure. But I, people ask me all the time, do I want to franchise the gym and stuff? And I, I don't have a desire to do that because I like to be connected. I still like to be able to walk in and see what's going on. Um, I just don't feel like I, I, I get it. I could probably make a bunch of money if I franchised or did whatever, but that's not really my goal. Like I like to be able to walk in and be hands-on with stuff and, Know the equipment that I have and upgrade it and and make the best possible facility I can for my community. Um, I just wouldn't want to water that down. Yeah, you know. So I guess that's where I'm at for now. Is uh, I like to enjoy my time. I've known some other very successful business owners that owned multiple locations with different businesses. And, uh, you know, they talk about going to work every day and like, they're dealing with employee issues and things like that. I'm like, ah, that doesn't sound fun. Like yeah. that sounds like you took it too far in my mind. I like to stay more connected. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Cool. It sounds like, um,
0: cause we've, the, the first conversation we had, you told, talk, told us about, um, you know, being a, um, brain fart <laughs> um wow i can't even think of the word like an like, entrepreneur no like um uh, a- doing his job like he had, when he actually had like a job job mm-hmm.
2: um a PO?
0: yeah a parole officer thank you sometimes it just
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. goes out but yeah. even then like you saw it was it was the job that got you not like the people and then connecting to your community and doing all those different things and you've always kind of it seems like most of the stuff you've done, people are like, uh, that's not really how people normally do that. Yeah. And you're like, well, <laughs> this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, and that's w- seemed to be working out pretty well for you. And yeah, plenty of different areas. Of-
1: yeah. I, I think that only really works if you're really passionate about what you do. Cause like, um, I've never been one to be like pay for advertising and stuff like that. And I know most businesses like they pay for advertising, which I'm just now getting into, like, I'm going to start doing that. Um, but I think if you're just really passionate about what you're doing, I think if you keep it small, like a small business, people buy into that. Um, where like, if I tried to open some other type of business and my heart wasn't in it, I think people see that and they're like, uh, you know, he's not really about that. He's just doing this to, to make some money and stuff. That's my perspective, I guess. And, uh, so, so I've always just wanted to stay connected with what I'm doing and, um, so far it's been successful. Like people appreciate that. They can see what I'm doing. They they see me in there actually doing the work and moving equipment and then working out there. Um, you know, I think if I was just like a somebody that just came in and, and checked on things and wasn't actually involved, I don't know if, I don't think it would be as, as successful. Um, yeah, I, I just think, the more I get into business, the more I kind of realize like if you benefit your community, like you'll be successful in what you're doing. Um, And if you try to look past that and try to just run for the money, I don't think that would work as well. Well, I think it's, I
0: don't know if you mentioned it on one of the shows before, or if it was just in a conversation we had, Um, but you mentioned before where it was like, it took you a little bit of time to realize that, you know, throughout life. I think it was, you said like in your mid twenties or whatever, it was like, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to do life. Like everybody thinks you have to just do it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can set your own path and you can kind of be passionate about certain things and do certain things a a little different way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I made the, the realization it was like, Oh yeah. Like it was, it took me probably almost till I was 30 where I was like, Oh, like, wait a minute. I don't have to do this one thing, this one way all the time. And I don't have to like do this job or take this thing or do this just because it's what is the quote unquote best thing for me, according to society or everything else. It's like, Oh, okay. Like now we've changed the rules of the game. And it seems that that's, you know, maybe more people are realizing that, but it seems like you guys kind of got on that a little early. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think, you know, in, in going through school, like I look back on it now, I'm like, man, no one ever mentioned anything about opening a business ever. It was never, ever mentioned. And, uh, it took me like 10 years after high school to realize like, wait, like I can do something on my own. Cause I started seeing other people and seeing what they were doing. I'm like, I want to do that. Like, I don't, I don't want to. I don't really want to work for somebody else. I'd, I'd rather just work for myself. And, uh, you know, it took me a while to kind of snap out of it and realize like the reality of the world. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade that for anything like being able to just, you know, work, work as hard as you want to, whenever you want to work. Um, and then you benefit from that where, you know, there's nothing wrong for working for an hourly wage. Um, that's, you know, it's just fine. But, so you know, if you're motivated to do more and you're willing to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and work until the end of the, you know, eight o'clock at night, um, you know, I think there's, there's a benefit to be had there. It's something different. Um,
0: and I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know. I keep wanting I keep wanting to talk to you, but I'm I don't want it to bring you into it. I don't I don't want to pressure you. Um I think it's one of the, the biggest things that we've noticed about, you know, obviously what you do as a business owner, um, but it it obviously transitioned in, into your family as well. And that's one of the is it's really encouraging to see people doing things differently in different fashions just because they feel like this is the right move for, you know. Mm-hmm. This is the community for me personally, uh, you know, my marriage and my family and my kids and all these different things, like all these different pieces of life, like they fit together and we, I, at least me, I always kind of grew up like kind of thinking about all these things, uh, very almost categorized and separated. Um, I I guess my brain's kind of good at like separating things and, um, compartmentalizing them. But sometimes like you have to realize that even though this thing can be compartmentalized, maybe it shouldn't be, maybe these things should interconnect. Maybe, you know, owning your own business or running a business or going to work should connect with your community. Hmm. Maybe, you know, that should bleed through your family as well. And whether it's, you know, homeschooling them or, you know, growing a garden together, doing something as a family that's, that we've gotten so far from doing. Hmm. Um, and it's, We've become so, I don't know if it's the technology or if it's the systems that are in place, whatever it is, but it's like, we've, we've been so disconnected, you know, I, growing up, um, I felt like I was la- one of those last generations that it was like eat at the dinner table kind of family. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of families don't do that because they're so busy because they have their job, they have their, you know, executive office job they have to do. They work 60, 70 hours a week, but they're never home, um, you know, or whatever it is, it seems like we were on an exponential path of like separating from each other. And it, I hope I see more people, you know, I think we mentioned it before we started talking that, you know, more people are interested. Have you talked about more people being interested in homeschooling and different, all these different avenues of running a business, but not necessarily like running a business just to make money. It's more people are starting to wake up and go, what am I doing with my life? Like, why am I doing this? And why am I doing it this way? most of the time people ask themselves that's like, I don't know. Cause yeah, this man. is the way you're supposed to live life. You know, you, you work, you mow the grass on Saturdays, you go to barbecues on Sundays, and then you talk about how angry you are that it's going to be Monday. And I gotta go back to work. Like, yeah. that seems like, is that the American dream now? Yeah. Like,
1: it's interesting you say that. Cause like uh, I told Jess a week ago or so, I was like, I try to keep Sundays open. So I stay home and, you know, be with the family and stuff. But I say it's, it's one of the, it's, it's, it's kind of hard for me. Um, cause I like to be busy. I like to feel productive. I don't, it's hard for me to sit at home and not feel like I'm pr- doing something to, to, uh, forward the business or our family or, you know, things like that. But I understand the importance of it. Um, and so like, you know, when you own a business, you don't dread Mondays at all. You, you like it. Cause it's like, man, it's another week that I, I get to start and improve what I'm doing, you know? So when I see people talk about how much I hate Monday or hate work, I'm like, man, if that's all your thoughts, you need to, you need to reevaluate what you're doing. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with working for somebody. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But like, if you hate it, there's something wrong with that. You need to, uh, pursue what you're passionate about and, I just sometimes wonder too, like I've, i am I've, I encounter so many people through the gyms and stuff um, that have so many, uh, they're intelligent people, they're hardworking. And I'm like, what could you do if you did something on your own? How could you benefit this community? But I think the training and the education system, they direct people to be like employees, Mm. you know, that's kind of the direction that I, at least that's what I gathered through school is like, I was always told you work for somebody, you got to listen to what they say, all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I I just look at people sometimes I'm like, man, you need to do your own business. Like whatever you might want to do, just go do that. What would our community look like if the education system was designed to push people towards, Hey, when you get out of school, go ahead and do something on your own for a while if it works out, fantastic. If it doesn't, then you can go do something else. I just wonder what the community would look like if, you know, I think the best example is when you drive down um, south of 30 toward Kidron and Berlin and stuff. Um, every single house has a sign out front. They have a business of something. Yeah, I'm like, dude, that's amazing. You You need something? Just drive down the road. You'll find somebody that can help you out. And I I love that. Like, so I, I, you know, I, I interact with them. I have different businesses I interact with down there and it's fantastic. You know, you walk in and the owner's there and you say, can you do this for me? Yep. We'll do it for you. Uh, that's how you become a self-sufficient community. Everybody there works for each other and helps each other out. And, um, I, I think that's how the world should be, you know? Um, you shouldn't have to order stuff from overseas and things. It's like, let's just do it here. Um, so, so I think that would be the ultimate dream is, you know, have a business on every corner. Um, I just think the world would be a better place and people be happier in general and you get things accomplished and the economy would be good and, uh, everyone would be happier. I think. Yeah, There's something to the
0: sense of, um, the, or I guess the lack of community that a lot of places feel, a lot of people feel nowadays. I think nothing more, you know, highlighted that than COVID mm-hmm. where every, you know, we were all locked down. We've talked about that before where it's, and we were, everybody was so isolated that like we saw, you know, we've talked about the spikes of, you know, mental health and all these different things where it's like, you know, you realize and myself, a self-proclaimed, um you know, I don't even go as far as i like to be isolated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you realize like so, so much of that's not good for you. You know, I guess like that's what they say. Like the, the worst thing you can do for somebody is put them in mm-hmm. um, solitary confinement because mm-hmm. it's torture for a human being just to sit there by themselves. Um, and I, I was, I did the same thing just recently around here. actually, I think it was on a one point to go get stuff for our chickens mm-hmm. that we've finally got up and running. Um, but I was going through an Amish community and it was like, door after door, it was like, you know, we have this here and this here, we, mm-hmm. this here, furniture and eggs and food and vegetables and all these different things, like in different houses. It's like, well, I know where I'm going to go if I, mm-hmm. you know, need something. Mm-hmm. Cause these people are, have been living like this mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. Like that's how, like depending off of each other, like being able to trade and barter and all these, it, it's, it's fascinating to think about that. There's still communities. Um, and we, I guess maybe, maybe not, Necessarily take them for granted, but we kind of forget about them because they're so close to it. Like I grew up, you know, know like knowing Amish people and working with Amish people, so it's like, oh, like we don't realize how special that is, even though we were acknowledging it right now. But like in 2022 in America, like that there are communities that are fully self-sustaining yeah. if the electricity were to go out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like guess what their cars? I mean they got their buggies down. Mm-hmm. But like, oh you don't have gas? Gas mm-hmm. prices? <laughs> yeah. We don't care. Like obviously I'm right. um, you know there's some that like deal with like you know they use bobcats and diesels and you know whatever mm-hmm. for occasional things. But they're the people that are going to be hurting the absolute least. Mm-hmm. The worst things get. It's like maybe that's not such a bad mm-hmm. you know way to look at life. You know yeah. after all like I I love my AC. <laughs> and I love ice cream and being able to keep it cold, but you know, there's, there's something yeah, yeah. to it. Like yeah. that we're kind of missing this piece of life. Right. And I guess why not attempt to at least give the way, I guess the way I look at it is like, why not attempt to at least give our kids the, the option. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about earlier, in school, like no one told me there are other options out there. No one told me like, I felt I either had to be an accountant an engineer mm. um you know a construction worker or a doctor or a lawyer and i'm like i mean everybody's like mm. I, that's i kind of like i remember thinking that in my head like man like there's just not many jobs out there what <laughs> i'm gonna do like i don't know <laughs> and like and you don't realize yeah. like there's a lot out there that no one ever said hey and not one teacher be like hey, you know you have different options you could do something different you could own a business like
1: yeah and i I don't, it's not the teacher's fault, you know, cause all the teachers at the school that I had, I mean, I liked them. I didn't have any problem with them mm-hmm. and all the teachers that my kids had in school, they were fine. I, I know most of them. Um, but I think it's just like, they, they, they view the world smaller and, you know, I think there would be benefit to, um, having a better variety of people to interact with the kids as they're growing up and showing them like, look, there's, this is, there's, there's a lot of different options you have as an adult and ways that you can support your family. And I just think that's the biggest missing piece is you go through school and it's like, it's almost like an assembly line, like get your grades and do this. Cause you know, some of the most successful people I know, and I know you heard this before, but literally, if I listed off some of them, like my top five most successful people, they didn't go to college and some of them didn't even graduate high school. Um, you know, not to say I'm not bashing education, you know, go to college, do whatever you want to do if it's if that's what you want to do. But there's plenty of other ways to be successful in life um, without having to go through the status quo education. Right. Yeah, like if you want to be a doctor, yeah. great. We need doctors. You're going to need to go to college. Yeah. Go to college for that because, <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, well, yeah. We I don't need somebody that's a
2: going into the family business. Yeah,
0: going into yeah.
2: Heart, what, what do you mean your dad's a doctor? Yeah, wow. heart
0: surgeon. Just start up. <laughs> yeah, you'll
2: be
1: fine.
0: Yeah, no, go to school for that, please, yeah. <laughs> because we need those too. Yeah. But yeah, no. I, yeah, it's the. I guess that for that's for me it was that. Oh, there's there's different there's options out there. Like I don't have to follow a certain path, yeah. and it's.
3: So you mentioned uh, your your kids' teachers. So mm-hmm. what year did you start homeschooling? Then.
0: Oh, she's like,
3: don't you do this to me? <laughs> like, oh.
2: Bataro, I
0: don't yeah. remember. If you're not
3: watching you the... this, Craig's wife Jess is also here. So.
0: <laughs> and um, she put the headphones on.
3: She did. So she's
0: you got to get
1: your face <laughs> up. There.
3: So I didn't mean to throw I, it you in. Me. I, I, I didn't figured do it. Craig would know. But I
1: forget. Craig's really, like, you like no, I don't. I'm not good with numbers or years, <laughs> birthdays or nothing.
4: Well, when COVID started, we gave the kids the option to go back to school in the fall. Mm. Um, I told them I'd be happy to homeschool them. I had homeschooled Dominic for two years in kindergarten, which technically nobody knows this, but you don't actually have to send your kids to kindergarten. They don't have to start start school till first grade in Ohio, um, but I homeschooled him for two years. Got pregnant with Lily, and then I was sick, so went through the pregnancy. So I ended up sending him back to school for a couple years, and they did fine. They had great teachers. I think we have we have a good community around here. Um, but then when they had to start wearing masks and you know the isolation thing which Craig and I did not agree with. I gave them the option, and they talked to some friends to see who was going to be in their class and decided they wanted to go back for that first year. Um, but it was definitely getting to them, um, and I could tell there were things that happened with Dominic. Uh, he just was not handling it well because he's coming home to us and we're telling him, oh, we're still wearing masks. We don't want to wear masks. You we shouldn't have to wear masks. And then we're sending them to school, saying, "Well, you got to go to school and wear a mask, even though we gave them the option." So I was like, "You know, let's just let's stop this." So we pulled him out. It would have been <coughs> the end of whatever the school so year, like
1: March of twenty one. Yeah, yeah.
4: And so we did this whole school year at home. Ooh. So this is this is the first full year that they both.
3: And he's he just finished fifth grade, yes. Is that right? Okay.
0: That's exciting. We're we're planning on as of right now, we're planning on doing the same thing. So it's like, but we realize like there's not a lot of rules around these things. Like when you really dig into it, it's like, oh, like what are the rules of homeschooling? Um, well, you just have to let the state or the school district know like the week of. And I'm like, well, really? Like, okay. And then like at the end of the year, it's like, oh, they just have to have you know some paper. Somebody's got to do this thing. Like, I'm like, well, that's not. That's not that bad. No. I'm like, well, this, this could be doable.
3: It's bad for someone who feels like they there has to be a ton of structure. Like, I don't want to mess up my kid. Mm-hmm. And I like structure. You know and I like roles. Uh, yeah, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know overall, like, it's what we want to do. Because she really yeah. wants to do it. And, like, we're excited to do it. But, like, we've got into some, not arguments, but disagreements. Because he's like, babe, it's going to be fine. Like, there's really not even that many requirements. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. She she has to do like paperwork and stuff, right? Like we're going to have to do like packets and stuff. Where do we get that stuff? And he's like, that's just busy work that school gets. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we need to do that. And he's like, no, we don't. And I'm like, I don't even know where to start with any of this. And it's so overwhelming. But it's exciting that it's just like we can do this. And she really wants to. but."
1: I think one of the biggest things I noticed Cause I don't do the school with them. Like I I'm around when they're doing it and stuff. And I, I, it took a while to kind of get them in check cause Dominic and Macy were both kind of bucking the system a little bit at first (laughs) with Jess. Like they didn't want to really do it, but then they seem to fall in line. Like they get it now they understand what they have to do. Uh, But one of the biggest things I noticed and like, I think this is worth noting is that. Dominic was at an age when he was at school, he started coming home and he had just a different attitude. You could tell he's picking stuff up from other mm. kids Has different attitude. He tried to grow his, he was growing his hair out like below his eyes and just, it, it was just a weird thing. And as soon as we pulled him out of there, um, of course we have normal issues with kids, but we don't, we're not having to fight the weird attitudes that they're picking up from school. Like that's one of the biggest things I've noticed is like our kids are just, they are acting like we do. They're duplicating what we do and how we act and how we talk. And they're not learning all these uh, undesirable things from kids at school. And I think that's one of the biggest things that uh, I've noticed is like with our kids, we don't, we're not really having to try to break that these weird attitudes and language and things that they're learning at school anymore because right. they're with us. Like that's what they're, that's what they're learning is they're learning from us. And, uh, I don't know. I just don't, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Um, you know, cause you hear all the time about teenage kids and stuff just kind of going off on their own and the parents are like lost. They don't know what to do. Cause like, that's not how I act. My kid's completely different than me. Right. And uh, I don't know, I think that's kind of where we're at with society is people, kids learn things from other people they think is cool and that's what they're going to do. And it's like, that's not how you were raised. Um, And I think that just kind of, the culture just kind of deteriorates from there. Um, And we do have some Amish friends and I've always admired the way they are because, you know, the kids, I've never met an Amish kid that's nothing, anything but respectful. Mm -hmm. And it's because they're being raised directly by their parents and they their their direct um, community, um, you know. So I think that's an unspoken benefit that we've seen. At least, you know, I don't know if Jess would agree, but uh, maybe she sees more attitude from them than I do. <laughs> but I'm like, that kind of stopped as soon as they came out of school. Like they started to adapt to more to like us rather than their friends. Um. So I'm not a big person on like your grades. And st- I don't even know how they did in school. I mean, I guess they did fine or she would have told me, but I'm just like, I, <laughs> she's like, at I, least he admits it, <laughs> I, I, you know, but I like the, the attitudes that our kids have about it and the work they put in. Right. I don't really have much concern. I don't care if you get an A or a C, I really don't care. Um, as long as you're learning what you got to learn. Um, but the fact that, we're not having to fight those weird attitudes and weird desires that they had when they were in school. I, I think that's a pretty big benefit for us and them, yeah. you know? Well, that was one of our biggest concerns because
0: like before, like our daughter loved, loved going to school, like loves human interaction, loves people, just loves talking, talking to everybody. Like, so it was like, well, this is like one of the reasons that like, we never even thought about it. it was like, she loves yeah. school, like, yeah. loves being there, loves learning, loves all that cause only child doesn't have a ton of interaction all the time with uh, you know, other kids. Like we're starting to find kids that are close that live close to us. Um, as she's getting older and able to do more things, but it was like, she started coming home. It was like, oh she, we, she went through a time period where she was like, every once in a while she would do or say those things. You're like, where did you pick that up? And then it slowly turned into just like, she called and was like, how was school? Like school. Uh, and it was like, well, what, like, what do you mean? Like you'd love, and she's like, uh, I don't know. And it was like, all right, well, something's wrong here. So it's like, you know, we want, you know, we want to, we want for her to experience all different types of people and personalities and, you know, experiences. But like you said, like sometimes like I, I went to, I went to public school all the way through, like sometimes public school interactions and things that happen. They're like, I'm okay. on my kid missing some of those things because you realize it's just, you, you know, we, we have a great school system really and, and the teachers and all the staff has been great to us. Um, but like, guess what? Like some people, just, some people just don't have great home lives mm-hmm. and I can't fix their home life. But when we're sending our kid to school and like they, that the interaction is, is disrupting her life. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you're going to meet people and that are going to disrupt your life regardless, no matter what age you're at. But When she's, like you said, being forced to go to this place and do these things and sit down and, and, oh, no, you can't talk while you're in line, even though you're actually going out the door to go to recess. Like, what are we teaching her? Mm -hmm. Just sit down and shut up. Follow rules. Follow rules. And I love that. I saw a meme where it was, um, so it was something about 18 year olds or whatever going into college. It's like, you expect these kids to like go out in the world when Three months ago, they literally mm-hmm. had to raise their hand to go to the bathroom, yeah. and it's like, whoa, like, yeah, no wonder mm-hmm. I was such a jerk at twenty because mm-hmm. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Like, I was mm-hmm. never given any type of like real life, you know, mm-hmm. thrust into these real life experiences and taught how to like deal with yeah. things and realizing that hey, there's there's more of a world out there than sit down, and shut up.
1: Yeah, I. I look at, uh, you know, I train the high school kids at Ashland and football and stuff. And I, I always give them a life tip every day after, after we lift. I always give them something about real life. Like let's, you know, cause I, and I was the same way. So I'm not bashing any high school or college kid. I was the same way I was in high school. I was in college. I thought I knew everything I was doing, thought I knew exactly what I was doing. I didn't need anyone else's input but then you soon realize after that, like you don't know nothing. (laughs) So since that time, I've made some connections with some very successful people in my opinion, and I have no issue calling them, texting them like, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think about this? And every single time they're willing to talk to me. I think the last phone call I made with a guy spent 45 minutes on the phone with him. And he literally guided me to this gym that I opened. Like that was the conclusion I came to after the phone call with him. And so I think there's so many successful people out there doing great things that I think, man, if I was in high school or college, you got to be talking to those people, figure out what they're doing, ask them, like, this is what I want to accomplish in life. How do you think I should get there? The knowledge is free. Like they will talk to you, but a lot of people that are very successful, they're not going to just openly broadcast what they're doing. But if you actually take your time and and, and reach out to them, They'll help you out they'll talk to you and and I try to encourage the kids to do that um, because when you're in high school and college, man, a million things are going to change between between 18 and 25. You might figure out a whole lot I, of stuff at least I hope they do yeah there's <laughs> a your, whole lot of sake. stuff yeah. now there's some <laughs> kids I get it you you're you're dead set on something you really like what you want to do and and you go do that and you have a great career, great life absolutely. But I think there's a lot of kids out there that, you know, for whatever reason, they get pushed into a certain career field and uh, they're not really happy with it. It's like, man, maybe that could have been changed if they would have interacted with the right people early on. Mm-hmm. Um, so networking and just getting to know people that you that you admire and you want to pattern your life after, I think, is so important. And uh, I think that's like the biggest missing link is – you know, I have, I have different schools and teachers and stuff that want to come in. They want to bring their class in and talk, talk to me about stuff. And, uh, I always love doing it. And it's, I, it's so sad because I see it happen. I just had a class come in a few weeks ago and I was like, do you guys have questions? You have questions? I asked them like 50 times. Do you have questions? No one asked a question. And, uh, I can't help but wonder, like they're just afraid to ask a question in front of their peers, mm. and that's horrible. Like I, I was just like, dude, you you all have questions. Every single one of you have a question right now that you would ask me. What? Like, guarantee what age group? It. Are you talking to high you? school? Oh yeah. Well, I think also maybe maybe they don't have questions
0: because that's how I was for the longest. No, like I don't have any. Like cause, <laughs> because I've just been tra- like you're, you're like you said. We go back to you're almost being trained, yeah. not. Not to think, to follow, to obey, to do the things that you're supposed to do, to follow the rules. And that's it. Like, I love, I don't know. I don't know if I picked it up somewhere, what it is. Uh, I doubt I made it up. That would be ridiculous. Um, but like we should teach kids how to think, not what to think, like, and not necessarily how to think like on specific things, but like how to use your brain, like how to be curious about things, how to, you know, (laughs) to (laughs) Her brother-in-law the other day was telling me like, so he, his daughter is real young, um but she's old enough to start doing things. Or not her brother-in-law. Did I say your brother-in-law? Your brother. Sorry. My brother-in-law, her brother. Um. So he, he started just like tasking his daughter with things with no like background, no like directions, nothing just, Hey, do this. And she was like, he's like, he, he took her, it took her 20 minutes to put the, the coffee pot and the coffee, like, filter basket back in the mm-hmm. coffee pot. Cause like she got, he's like, she figured out the, the coffee pot pretty easily. He's like, but she couldn't figure out how to get that like basket in there. And he's like, finally he goes, it goes in the top. Mm-hmm. And like, she just like clunk clunk. Mm-hmm. Like, and then like a took her, like, he's like, Hey, mm-hmm. figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and we're never taught how to mm-hmm. figure things out and how yeah. to like, try to actually, you know, use our brains. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes I don't know if these, I don't know. If, a lot of people don't have questions because they're not thinking mm-hmm. literally anything. They're just Whoa, not What there. did you care about in high school? Yeah. I mean, we don't need to talk about what I cared <laughs> about in high school. <laughs> you, you're you're yeah. busy
4: thinking about sports. You're busy yeah. about your friends, who you're not friends with,
1: who you like, who you don't like. That's what. You're not thinking about a career. You're not yeah. About a career. Yeah. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like zero. Compliment. I don't think the kids realize how close they are to that. Like you're yeah. right on the verge. You're on the cliff edge. Yeah, you've got to support yourself here. real soon.
3: Well, because Maybe. like Fred said, they're still raising their hand to go to the bathroom. Like, okay. there's, yeah, and you want me
1: to ask a question? How, how like,
3: the, yeah, they're not getting uh, pushed out the nest. Like, you can drive, they're. But you have to raise your hand. Yeah. yeah. Like it just it blows my <laughs> mind.
0: Yeah, so it's no, it's no wonder that like, the the, um, you know, they're not, and then nothing's matching up for these kids. Mm-hmm. Once you. You're told to like, all right, go out and be an adult. It's like, what do you, what do you mean? We want to, what do you mean being adult like, What am I, I supposed to do? I always <laughs> thought it was
1: interesting because um, I did not like school at all. Like, I, I really did not like it well, whatsoever. And uh, but I did it. I went every day and got good grades because that's what my parents wanted. Um, but I always thought it was interesting because I went to Northwestern High School. And then I went to Ashley University. Northwestern high school, you got to drive 20 miles of fr- an hour in front of the school. And you don't, the kids don't even cross the road. Right. As soon as you went, as soon as I went to AU, I was like, they don't have any speed signs. And I have to cross like five roads to get to class. I'm like, what is going on? Like, the, how does that work? Literally, I, in, in, in May, you know. I couldn't even go to the bathroom by myself. I had to ask permission to do anything. And then in September, when I started AU, I had to find a place to park, cross five streets, find my classroom (laughs) and go in and sit down. I was like, there's a huge problem there, in my opinion. Like they're, I don't know, they're still treating high school kids like elementary kids. And then you're an adult and wish you
0: luck. Right. Well, I think it's, it's the, the, we're just taught to follow these rules Well, these are the rules and why, you know, when, when you ask somebody, well, why do we do it this way? Well, it's because that's the rules or this is what we're, this is what we do or whatever. It's like, well, no, I get that. Like, those are the rules, but why, why are we doing it? Like, it's funny. You mentioned that I, I was driving down the road the other day and I was, I was out in rural ish, Ohio, and there was a, um, a career center building, you know, and typically it's grades 11 and 12. It was like this big complex career center of a building. and It sat probably close to 150, 200 yards off the road. And there was a speed sign. Like we had to slow down to 20. I'm like, if these kids the high all right, kids run across yeah, these the street. These are juniors and seniors out in the middle of this road, like out in the middle of this, like nowhere yeah. that are like supposed to be in here learning careers yeah. and they don't know how to look both ways before they cross a road. Like, what are we doing here, folks? Yeah. Like, I like, I yeah. like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't
1: think that's just our, the history and government regulations that never changed, you know? Right.
3: So just what do you do differently than like what a, structure would be for school like how do you guys structure it and how did you even know where to start or like what to do
4: well i guess first i did a lot of research because i had in my mind that it had to look just like school you know um the 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 rules for ohio are you have to teach them so many hours I don't remember how many it is, a couple hundred hours. Um, And you have to teach them. There's a list of subjects. You have to teach them. So I started following and researching different people who had already homeschooled. And there are, I mean, there's hundreds more options even now than there were, you know, two years ago that I found. And I'm going to incorporate this next year. But I decided... You know i need to make my kids self-sufficient so they get up in the morning and a lot of times they can make their own breakfast i mean macy's nine now she can cook an egg she can toast her own toast um dominic can too they can make lunch for themselves if they have to and so getting them on a schedule it took it took a most of the school year this year but they can get up get dressed they get their own breakfast they know At nine o'clock is typically when we start, only because the things that happen in the morning, they just need time to do it, you know? So nine o'clock is a fine starting time. They can start earlier if they want to. Sometimes I tell them, if you get all your stuff done, go the rest of the day, you know? If I can tell that they're not doing well, we don't do that subject. We okay, we're doing it 15 minutes. When you're done with that, 15 minutes, we're stopping no matter what we're doing, because I can tell, like, they're over it, whatever it is. Especially Dominic with
3: math. He just
1: that's that's <laughs> but He's good is he's good at math.
4: He's right. good at it. He just he just doesn't like it. And so I don't want him to hate the subject. Yeah. It's, and it's not about the subjects, like it's about the learning. I don't want him to hate learning. Yeah. Now. So you you just you learn things along the way. And so we usually the book work, I would call it, that we have to do Per state rules, we try to get that done by lunchtime, and then um, the other stuff. Like my my mom was doing science with them two days a week, so they did get to see another adult who was not their mother telling them what to do all the time. That's that. It's a little hard for kids, but like I said, it's taken us this whole year to like fall into a routine now. Um, but we typically are done with school by one one thirty. Some days it's earlier, some days it takes longer. We go do things, we go to the library, we interact with people in the community. Craig will take Dominic with him. My dad will take Dominic with him sometimes. My grandpa? Yep, Dominic has like three jobs, he'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Mowing and doing all sorts of stuff. So there's my, my homeschool day looks, I'm sure, a lot different than... The people right down the road for me because you can structure however you want to there's no rules and you don't have to be perfect at it and you don't have to like start a curriculum and that's what you have to do the rest of the year we dumped a couple things halfway through the year because i'm like this is not working they don't they don't like it they're not learning they're not retaining information and that's not what i want like i want them to enjoy it um
3: So when you say curriculum, like you had a specific thing from a specific company that you bought or, you know, ordered or whatever, and just going through that just wasn't working. So you just said, I'm not doing this. Okay.
4: So a lot of curriculums, you can do placement tests for kids. So they'll take a placement test and tells you where to start, what level. A lot of times they don't even go by grade level. It's just level one, level two. And that can correlate from, you know, fourth, fifth, or sixth grade, depending on what your kid is. And that's what I love about homeschooling because... You know, I I guess a lot of schools right now, they push reading so early and I've talked to teachers about it and their kids have come home crying because they're not ready to learn how to read in kindergarten. Some kids are not. And so I don't, I don't really have my kids on a timeline like that anymore. It's just, we're learning this. And if you don't learn it right away, that's okay. We'll revisit it. Or we'll do more later. Or we'll do more now. If you like it, you're just not getting it. Um, so it's it's so adjustable to your own child and what they love to do. I ju- I was just looking at curriculum with Dominic uh, last week, and there's a whole there's a whole lesson unit lesson I would call it on cars: how to change oil, how, you know, how to do all the basic maintenance of cars because he's just really into cars. Like, is that something you're interested in? Let's do it. You know. You do whatever you want as long as you cover those basic things that this day requires you
0: to. Like it's important because it's like we obviously we want, you know, you need to be able to read and write. Those are very important things to get through life. You know, basic math, that's kind of helpful too. You know, being able to understand how much money you have and being able to, you know, balance all those things. But that was one of the biggest things that that we started talking about. It was like cool. During when she was doing remote learning during the pandemic, she would get done with the work by like eleven o'clock. I was like, "Well, what are you?" And she wouldn't start till nine. And it was like, "Well, what are you doing all day? Like, why were you? Are we just sending you there to be a like for just to be a babysitter? Like, is that what we're doing? Like, besides the interaction with other kids, which is important. Like, what's what's the what's the point of you being there?"
4: But even so, like I know the socialization part is one of people's main hang-ups for um, homeschooling, you know. It, well, they're not getting socialized, and I can tell you one of the reasons I decided to homeschool was I was in the school doing the Scholastic Reading Week where they have all the books set up, you know, and the kids can come in their classrooms, um, and it was beside the uh, lunchroom. Every single day that week that I was there, they turned the lights out on the kids because they were being too loud talking. The only time that the kids can talk to Jeez. each other and they had to be silent the rest of the school, the rest of the lunch period. Oh geez. And their lunch periods aren't that long. So, I mean, you know, they're sitting in, you know, with the lights off for five or 10 minutes, but still it's like, they're not even that loud. They're at the complete end of the building. There's no, you know, there's no classrooms around them. And, they still have to just sit down and be quiet, or you get the lights turned yeah, off. With right? their slop. And after that, I was like, "No, this is not how we treat other humans."
3: That's We're what in said. I said, "Kyle, are you going to miss your friend?" You know, because I don't do that in prison. Every <laughs> every <laughs> like, leave the on. possible yeah, negative <laughs> option, like so, because I wanted her to make like the a choice based on like not what summer break is. Like being homeschooled is not going to be summer break. Like. And I was like, well, what about your friends? Like, you have two really good friends that you're really close with this year. And she's like, well, I get to see them maybe at recess if we share a recess together. And we can – I barely have time to eat. And she's a super slow eater. She's like, but I'm not allowed to talk. Like, she's like, she brought a blue tally home, which is like they're – like, you're in trouble for talking in the lunch line as they're walking from lunch to recess and it was just like the teacher just i i don't know it didn't make any sense but which is fine like kids do things they're not supposed to do that's fine but she has a very short time she's like i don't get to really talk to my friends like i have them on messenger when you guys let me on my tablet like i can talk to them then that's that's true like
0: you yeah. know and going back to what you mentioned earlier too like if if she doesn't like a subject cuz some some subjects she enjoys more than others Um, and some subjects like math, she, she's really, she's good at math. She doesn't really necessarily love it. Um, like I was a math geek. That's what I like doing, but like, she's good at it, but doesn't necessarily love it. And she loves science and some other things are, you know, whatever she loves reading always, whatever. But like, what if, you know, we get to the point where it's like, you can find, especially at a young age where this kid excels at something. So in math class, she was sitting there for weeks, like it would be like. Um, state testing was coming up. So they did review so that the school could get, you know, I mean, we want these kids to know what they're doing, but essentially you could see that it was the school wants to perform well. So now the three weeks prior to state testing, they're reviewing everything. So the kids do well on the tests, but then you have kids sitting there doing nothing for weeks on end because she's like, we're we're doing the same stuff. I, I learned three months ago. That's like, you know,
1: well, <clears throat> not that I'm involved, you know i I see what Jess does a lot with the kids here and there, but I'm not there for most of it, but I do see she picks up pretty quickly, like, "Oh, Macy just whipped through this three pages of math, so rather than sit there for hours and listen to the teacher, go over and over and over to teach everybody. She excels through that and let's move on. Yeah. So it's a lot more efficient and they're not in school. I mean, their school day is much shorter than a normal school day. Um, And then they go on way more field trips and they're learning things and getting out in the environment and seeing the world. Um, And one of the things that really bothered me was, you know, we like to, we like to travel some and, uh, it got to the point where early on, I'm like, well, what do you mean we can't go? I want to take my kids and go somewhere. And it was like, well, oh gosh, with well, the school, they can't miss many days. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going to take them to this places when we go on a trip. And they're going to see more things and do more things and, and be in the world.
2: Yeah, instead of being in a book, you're actually going to yeah,
1: see like, it firsthand. Yeah, we get to go see some stuff, you know. And uh, so that bothered me. I was like, wait a second this doesn't feel right this doesn't sit right with me like i if i want to take my kids somewhere you should be all for that like i'm not taking them to vegas like we're not going to casino we're going to go do some stuff you know we're going to go do some fun things and and they're going to see the world and learn and
2: um, unless one of your kids is like rain man
1: yeah right then that then we're going to vegas i might take dominic it hasn't that's crossed my mind We, we we went to, a, we, we went, Dominic and I went to Norwalk, the drag strip yesterday and dude, it was so wild. Cause they had these cars coming up and they were all plastic bodied, like hmm. wannabe old cars, but they weren't the real f- bodies, steel frame bodies. And he was telling me what they were. Really? And I'm okay. like, dude, I'm like, what's that? He knew what it was, what year and what make. Like, he
4: can read whatever he wants to read. Remember when you were in school and you had to read for AR points, yeah, but you could only yeah. select from this? When Dominic was in school, he wanted to read, things like Captain Underpants, stuff that was his grade level appropriate, you know, but he was testing at a higher grade level. So he was in fourth grade testing at a sixth grade reading level. So he was supposed to read sixth grade reading material. I'm like, no, sixth grade reading material is not made for a fourth grader to read. Yeah. So... Him talking about cars, he reads about cars constantly. That's what he loves to read. He also reads Calvin and Hobbes, you know, cartoon books. But that's because he loves to read, because he gets to choose what he wants to read. I don't care what he reads in his free time, you know, for his AR points, which we don't do AR points, but he still has to read. It's like he can choose now what he likes and what he is learning.
2: What are AR points?
4: accelerated reader so okay. it's like you have you're you're set in a certain um reading level okay. and then you have to read so many points per uh quarter okay
2: I yeah i hear ar and i think something different i was, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like are they yeah. putting up through tactical proficiencies i was like i like where yeah. this is going <laughs> well, just lights let, go off in the yeah, uh well, cafeteria and the nods
1: come down
3: that's only at tim kennedy school oh <laughs> yeah sorry
2: well,
1: well there was a period of time where his teacher, which is a friend of mine was making him read a higher level. And he didn't like that. And I was like, well, why don't you just let him read what he wants to read? He's excited about reading. Let him read what he wants to do. And, uh, cause he's very smart. Like the dude, he sees things, he reads things and he doesn't forget. And I'm, I I don't know yet how to capitalize on that for him, but, uh, I, I can't look at a card and remember the year, but he can. So I'm like, let's pay attention to that. And maybe we wouldn't know that had we not be educating him ourselves. Um, so we can kind of see, you kind of see where your kid's strengths are. Um, and you just kind of let it go. Right. You let him right. develop and, and grow into whatever that may lead to. Um, Cause everybody has different strengths and weaknesses mm. and, you know, you push them through the general school system, and I don't think that gets um, the attention it needs. Oh, absolutely! And uh,
4: well, it's like that that picture that you see of, um, and I think it's a quote, but
1: where you have all those animals, and they—wow, they, well, so who can climb a tree? Climb a, tree and there's like a, yeah. fish a shark, elephant. Yeah, everything. yeah. Like, right. You know, why are we pushing them to excel?
0: they're not capable of it. No. You know, ever like we talk about, like, I love math. She hates it. So like, if, a, if, if you find what the kid loves and maybe you might end up, you might end up discovering, um, you know, at the opposite, at the very extreme end of the spectrum, you may end up like discovering a, a prodigy of something because they were allowed to invest their time in it. If they want like, yeah, okay. We still need to talk about history. We still need to make sure we can read and write. But if you really, really love this one thing, well, why would I stop you as soon as you are proficient at it? And then wait until next year to teach you something new. No, just love it. Just take it like to take it and run. We'll keep all these other things going, but you know, the thought of like a, you know, an eighth grader that, is beyond a high school level proficiency at something like it's not that far out of the spectrum just because they're able to condense those things and are able to learn more. As soon as they get there, they don't have to wait weeks to get to the new you know, level of math. Like they can just keep on going. It's like, Oh, like what, what could people find out about themselves? You know, years down the road when they can, if they're allowed to just invest their time in the things they really enjoy and
1: love doing the, the, the further I get along in life, um, the more I realize that your confidence and your self-esteem is really what's going to make you successful. And if somebody sat me down and said, Hey, you got to take some college courses on poetry. I would fail drastically yeah. or music. I love music. I love it. I've got a guitar tattoo on my arm, but I, I play music. And I don't even, know but I can't, but I can't play music. <laughs> I can't sing. I can't play music. That's not my strength. And I think that's where the school system kind of falls apart a little bit is like they, if a kid's not good at a certain subject, they focus on it. It's like, well, okay, you, you have the basics. That's fine. Let's move on. Right. Let's focus on what you're good at. If, if the school system built every kid up to like, look, you're really good at this. Let's focus on this. You're good. You're good. You're good. Doing great. You're better than everybody else imagine what our society would look right. like. Let's give you more complicated because, things to
0: do in that field. Because
1: I think, you know, self-esteem and confidence is what will make a someone open their own business. If you have no self-esteem or no confidence in yourself, you're not going to do much. Yep. You're going to struggle because you're going to believe that you're not good at things. And so I think it's like, let's, let's learn the basics. And then from there, let's branch off and figure out what you're really good at and focus on that and build kids up, build them up. To where when they graduate high school, they think they can conquer the world. And I don't really think that's happening. Mm. Um, and so that's what I focus on with our kids. Like, my kids are drastically different. My gosh. Um, and so I kind of encourage them to do whatever they're good at. And I think that's what needs to happen in the world is you you have these young minds, these young kids. You have to give them confidence and self-esteem before they get into the real world, because if they don't have it, the world ain't going to give it to them. It's going to take you a while to build it up like it like it did me. Yeah. Um, you, you, so I think that's the biggest part of homeschooling is we can focus on what our kids are good at, develop that into what it whatever it turns out to be. And uh, so if you're not good at writing poetry, if you're not good at drawing pictures, that's fine. No big deal but we're going to focus on what you're good at. Right. You
2: know? I feel like that's a quote. Like, uh, it's like, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive for what the world needs is more people who've come alive.
1: Yeah, Ooh. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's well, so I, I wish I would have had the mindset that I have had the last, like say I've learned more in this last six years than I've ever learned in my yeah. entire life because I was like, Oh, like I could just focus on whatever I want. Like, and, have fun with it. and realizing that like if somebody would have directed me as a child, I don't know if I would have figured out what I want, you know, what I would want to do. Um but it was always like I don't know what I want to do, but I know I'm not going to college. So like why am I doing and they and then they like they they almost like doubled down. Where it was like, "Well, no, you have to take this class." "Well, why?" "Well, because, you know, for college, you I'm not going. Well, you have to take this class." "Why?" "Because you have to." I'm like, I had to take well,
1: French. <laughs> I had to take French in high school like if you- Yeah, that's true. We had French class again. But I was like, dude, this is is the worst class. (laughs) This is the worst class I've ever taken. I (laughs) I speak English. I'm not moving to France. I'm going to stay right here. Trust me. I'm going to be just fine. Like, what am I doing? You know, Craig and I, our big picture thing
4: is that the the thing that's most important to us about our kids is their salvation. It's not about school. You know, and every day we can be with them and teach them our values, our morals, which are based on Bible. And that is not something, that is something schools are pushing away, you yeah. know, as hard as possible. So really the, the main reason we decided to switch is because we want them to have those biblically-based values coming straight from us every single day, from when they wake up to when they go to bed. You know, so that's that's like one of the main reasons that we decided to, to homeschool in the first place, but COVID
0: gave us that To after- push us over the edge. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, it's it opened our eyes is like realizing like, you know, it's that whole, like, what are we doing? Like, why or sh- should we be doing this? Like, why are we doing this? A lot this? of people's eyes. I mean, there's, a,
4: there's, I, I don't like talking about it because I don't like offending people because that's what everybody, everybody's offended by everything. You know, and I, I have a lot of friends who are teachers and they're, what they love to do is teach. And that's great. Um, it's not right for our family, but we've just taken this other role. And it's like, open eyes. Like there are a, there's a whole group of people out there that think the exact same way that we do, you know, but we're just now starting to talk about it.
0: Right. Well, I, I'm so I like, because I know a lot of times it, there is an, absolutely a stigma with like homeschooling because you know what? myself included. Like I grew up and I knew some homeschooling people and I knew that the stereotypical, like, Oh, that kid's homeschooled. And it was like, you know, they're, they're weird, they're awkward. (laughs) And it was all these different types of things. But I also knew homeschooling kids that like, weren't weird and awkward, but you know, but their families had different sets of values and always. So it's like, when you realize that, like, you know, I don't, I don't know necessarily how that homeschooling like got that stigma, maybe just because it it's different and people like view it as different. But when you realize like the, the complexity and the the variety that you can offer your kids and you know, the ability to teach them like, Hey, this is, this is what life is really like. Like it's, you don't have to, you know, raise your hand to go to the bathroom. For the most part, like if you are on an assembly line working in a factory, there's no. I've worked in factories, no problem with that. And if you enjoy, you know, running that CNC machine, like some people really like do it, like that's awesome. Like you might want to wait until that machine's done doing what it needs to do, then you can go to the bathroom so it doesn't mess up. But you know, like you like this life is so more malleable than what we're, you know, a lot of people well, are led to believe.
1: The transition to homeschool for me with the kids was real simple because there were two kids that started school. They were homeschooled and then they the two, they're two guys. I don't talk to them much anymore, but they started school with us. They jumped in, they were homeschooled and then they jumped into school, middle school, high school. I forget what the year was. They were the smartest kids in our class by far, like way. They were the smartest ones, best grades, And I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Like, what what happened? Every, like we were going through school and these two kids jump in from homeschool and they're smarter than everyone else. Their grades are better. Every single one of them. And they were awkward and weird only in that they didn't, they didn't conform to what we were thought was cool in school. Yeah. That was it. There was nothing else. They were easy to talk to. They were very nice never bullied anybody. Um, They were basically examples of what I would want my kids to be. They were weird just because they had to they be were because they were homeschooled. They were different. <laughs> yeah. and, and so in my mind, I was like, well, I have no issue with my kids being homeschooled because those guys are great. They're great human beings. And uh, just because they didn't have the same haircut or the same clothes, I saw through that. I didn't care. Like, you're just nice people. You're good. You're a good teammate they play baseball with me. Um, I've never ever been offended by them or upset by them. Like, so I was like, Oh, I have no problem. If, if that's what my kids turn into. Absolutely. hundred percent. I'm all for it.
0: Yeah. I think I, um, it just hit me as you're talking about that. I think I got a small awakening to that when I was in high school. Um, cause like it's, you realize like people, like there's some people that get stuck in whether it be high school or college. And they, they just never grow out of that. Um, in my, my senior year, I had to, I worked full time and I, I didn't, I just chose not to play football. And all of my friends were, you know, football, a lot of football guys. And most of them were still friends with me. Like they were really great, but a couple of them had like football dads and like coaches in the second that I was like, yeah, I'm not playing. It was like, I didn't exist. Mm. And it was like, and some of them were obviously their coaches and their teachers. And it was like, well, this is really weird. Like you're a grown, like you are 40, mid forties, 50 years old. And your perception, like the way you treat me revolves around if I play football for you or not in high school. And it was like, Mm. you hear those people like, Oh, this, these like, and they were like, these will be the, this is the, this will be the, the greatest memory of your life. This, that, whatever. I'm like, Mm. Like maybe that's not necessarily I don't think I want to be stuck in high school for the rest of my life thinking about high school football. Like it was great. I had stories and it was an awesome time and like I'm not besmirching that whatever but like if that's like your you know the the climax of your life is high school football and you're treating, you know, a kid that's friends with your son differently because he decided to work full time and take care of himself and not play football. Like I do like, I struggled with that for a long time. It was like, I I, I didn't know what to do with that yeah. for a long time. And it was like, Oh, like, this is just, that's what you've always lived with. And that's what you, your mind has just always been, you know, this is the way it is. And it's like,
1: I don't think that's life. Like there's gotta be more than that. Right. Yeah. Like, I hope. Like <laughs> Yeah. It, 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 it's funny you mentioned that. Cause there's two kids uh, in Ashland that played football and now they open their own business as juniors in high school. And I'm all about it. I'm supporting them and they're not playing football. And it's, I'm torn. Cause it's like, well, I get paid to coach these kids to play football and lift <laughs> and stuff. But on the other hand, I'm like, dude, a hundred percent, man, get it going. Like, absolutely. Cause uh, so, so, You know, and, and I've told kids since day one, since I've ever owned a gym, I said, you need to do what you want to do. Cause I've encountered kids that were insanely good at CrossFit. Like I can't even describe what progress they could have made. And their track coach said, no, you can't, you have to pick track or CrossFit. And I'm like, I don't care what you do. Do both play softball too. I don't care what you do. It's your life. Um, but it just I was like what do you mean they can't do multiple things like it's their life why would you hold them back um and so I encourage kids whatever they want to do as long as it's a positive thing go for it absolutely the younger you are the bigger risk you should take that's my opinion yeah. um you know as you get older things start to lock in place you got a family kids your Ability to take risks gets minimized. Um, so as a, at a young age, high school, dude, start that business, man, get it rocking and rolling. Cause it might not succeed. You might fail. You might, whatever, but you're going to learn and, and you're going to be better for it. Um, yeah. So, so that's interesting. You know, I agree with you hundred percent. Like you, you probably learned way more than you thought you learn. just, working instead of playing football I mean, either shit, one yeah. either one would have been a good option no yeah if you
0: play football like because there's go to college and play football yeah. there's a lot to learn yeah. there and if you love it like great but like
1: but nobody just, should ever treat you different because you decided to work like i <laughs> right. agree with you 100 that's a really crappy attitude to take um, and it sounds like someone's trying to live their life through you is what was happening yeah it's just sad
3: yeah. Well, and it wasn't like you gave up football for, you know, sand volleyball or something. Like, you were working. Oh, no! Whoa. you yeah.
2: on sand volleyball.
0: I
3: was <laughs> just trying Uh-oh. to think Uh-oh. of to just came out. Yeah. So watch your mouth.
0: <laughs> Might as well have said soccer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say soccer just It'll for burst Tony. into flames over <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, you were you were working. Yeah. You know, you were going to school. That was And then you were really... working full-time, second shift- to yeah. pay your bills because you lived on your own, so like, they that's what really dicks. that's what
0: really like made me realize like oh like they weren't just like maybe they were just past that I wasn't they just playing wanted football. you on the line yeah maybe <laughs> but it was like I realized I'm like well, like this is like some of these people like this is like my my friend like a good friend that I've had for years and years like his dad and it was like like really like. I just, I couldn't reconcile that in my brain. It took me a long time yeah. to realize like, Oh, like I, it took me a long time to, I honestly just got to the point. I was like, I felt bad for him. Oh. It's like, man, but I did have, um, I did, ha- I did have one guy that always supported me as a coach. And he was like one of the like greatest, like it in my life. It was at the same time was like a mentor to mm-hmm. me. And it was like realizing and seeing him like do what he did for me was just like, I don't know if, I don't know if you know, um, uh, Sam Sayre, if you know the name at all. Mm-hmm. So he, he opened up and ran Sam's pizza. Okay. He had a couple of places around, yep. but he was a strength and conditioning coach yeah. when I was in high school and he would, um, was it? My sophomore year, my no, my junior year, I would work, I would get off at work at like eight o'clock at night and he would open up the gym for me and he would but just he, come in. What's the key? He owned a business. Yeah. He and got they, it. And when right? I stopped playing football, he was still really nice to me. Yeah. Yeah he, he got he gets the big picture. Yeah. So it was like it was like, okay, like there's something different like yeah. going on Sports,
1: here. Sports, football, it it's great. But if you've got another if you're drawn to something else and, and you feel the need to work, I will never, ever, you know, I, I will just do nothing but support you for that, right? Like that's what should be happening. Someone's trying to better their life, you should support that. I can't disagree with that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah,
2: it was kind of interesting that you said that, um, like that factory work, just because that's like the paradigm of education based on the Industrial Revolution, right. and that like kids are this like cog in the wheel where they have to this 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 and kind of going back to what Craig was saying. What I've always said too about that, you know, and I know I I harp on this big time, but you know, in that factory is that convergency. Like, everyone must do their role. Everyone must raise their hand to go to the bathroom. And I'm big on divergency. And so you kind of wonder that, like, if there was more fostering of divergency, not only, like, these different people, but how many more people would possibly start their own businesses? Um, I don't know. Just a thought. I feel like we'd probably colonize Mars already if there's more divergency.
0: But when <laughs> you look at the most successful – just the using simple terms, the most successful people, quote unquote, in the world right now, as far as business goes and like capitalism, what you got Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Yeah. And what less than ten years ago, people were saying Bezos was stupid for doing it. Mm. We can sell books online. No. Goes, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And now he's one of the richest on paper. And how many times ta- how many
2: times do people tell Elon like dude, you, you can't do that. That's not going to work. He's like, like, I'm going to blow up a hundred rockets, but one of them is going to get (laughs) there.
0: Yeah. And now he's landing rockets in the middle of the ocean on a platform. Like, like, so it's like, you realize like, you know, that doesn't speak to the kind of people or anything they are, but like, guess what? Like divergent thinking and those Mm -hmm. out of the box ideas. Yeah. They're not all going to land, you know, was it, they say, even though technically Edison may not have created the light bulb, it was like 200 or a thousand or whatever it was before he got it. Right.
1: And if you're not allowed to take those chances and keep
0: on trying, what's. Well.
1: Yeah. I, I just wonder how our society would look if, if uh, people are encouraged to take more chances. Um, cause if you're not willing to take a risk, you're not going to make it far. Right. Like, the bigger the risk you take, the bigger the reward payoff in the end. Um. And I've always thought too, I'm like, cause I've worked at a lot of different jobs tons of different jobs and I've encountered so many different coworkers and you pretty quickly realize like, oh, this person could own their own business of some sort. And it just killed me to see them. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, You should be doing something on your own. Um, And I think that's where people are afraid to take that jump.
2: Uh, is it fear or is it like, is it a combination of fear and, and like, uh, they're just content with where they are? Or like, what's your assessment of that that you found in most people where you know that if they took that calculated risk and the leap that they would succeed, but they just don't?
1: I, I think that people get a paycheck and they're like, well, this is good for now, and I don't know what would happen if I jumped off. And so they stay with it. You know, they just want that paycheck. They, they, they're afraid to take that jump.
2: I, man, I I feel like so. For me, the unknown would be far worse than the known, and I same with you, man. I know that, but most people are like, "Well, I, I'm comfortable enough with yeah. this known that it, it far outweighs the unknown." Like that would keep me up at night. It would gnaw at me if I was like, "What if? Yeah, dot dot dot. What if I would have pursued that?"
1: Well, that that's what drove me to open a gym for the first time. Is I I kept telling people I'm gonna open a gym someday. And I was like 29 years old or something like that. I don't remember. And I'm like, dude, what am I going to do? Keep telling people this till I die? And so I I started literally thinking, I'm like, if I live to be 70, 80 years old or whatever it may be, I am not going to sit there and be like, well, yeah, I wish I would have done this. I was like, I would happily be able to tell people I tried and failed. Before I ever said, oh, yeah, I never gave it a shot. And that's a message I think people need to hear. It's like, just try it. I don't, if someone makes fun of you because it failed, whatever. That's on them, dude. Like, at least you tried because they probably didn't.
2: Where did you learn that it was okay to fail? Or how did you learn that? I
1: just, I I wasn't willing to, I, I don't know. I just wasn't willing to not try. You know, um, I don't know. I never really had anyone push me to do anything, Um, but I was just like, I'm not, I'm not going to keep living. I'm not happy. Yeah. Like I want to do something I want to do. I was good at every job I did. I mean, I, I did a great job. I never had write-ups or nothing like that, but uh, I was just like, I, I don't like this. I don't like it. I don't like being told when to come to work, what to wear, like how to do stuff. Um, and I think anyone that's, uh, that doesn't like that type of thing that doesn't like to be told what to do and how to do it, go do something on your own. Cause there's a million different things. There's a ton of ways to make money. Like my gosh, you know, I've always admired the lawn mowing business. Cause I'm like, dude, that's (laughs) such a cool, like cookie cutter business. And I've always, I like mowing grass and I've always admired that. It's like, just start there. I don't care what you do. Just start something, go offer a service and go do it for a while. Because the thing is, when I first opened my gyms, I just opened a CrossFit gym. And now, you know, I still own the CrossFit 419 gym, but like my whole direction now is like the 24 hour gym. So business changes over time. Like you start to realize like, wait, this is what I like. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I want to do. Um, but you know, my whole thing is just, uh, I want to help anyone that wants to change your body. Like, I don't care what your knowledge is. I, I have something for you, Yeah, you know? Um, and obviously it's not everyone's passion, but if you're, if you like something, if you enjoy doing something, I think it's a real problem if you really have a passion for something and you go pursue something else as your career, don't do that go do what you want to do what you're passionate about what you spend your time thinking about and doing go do that our our community our society would be so much better if everybody did that but it's a risk like i get it so i don't you know i don't bash anyone for not doing it but i would encourage you to do that to follow your passion um 100% cuz if you're passionate about it you won't fail like the, my boys up at white feather dude it i don't care the three of yep. us could have worked their business for 10 years we would have all quit <laughs> yeah. but they didn't and they didn't they go to high school with it. <laughs> no <laughs> they didn't even get to high they didn't even get to high yeah, school yeah they never got there and dude they're they're some of the most successful people i know And because they didn't quit it didn't matter like they didn't they did what had to be done and they did not give up and now it's paid off huge for them um so that's the key. If you're passionate about it, you might fail a few times, but if you don't quit, you're not done. Like you will figure it out. And they're the best example of that I could think because they spent two decades um, struggling and now it's just like, boom, blew up finally, you know? And I think that's going to be true with anyone that wants to work hard. If you work hard, if you have common sense and the ability to talk to people, uh, you're going to be fine. But it's gonna take some work. You you can't just think it's gonna be handed to you. Um. So yeah, work hard and do what you want to do.
0: How much internally, a little like self brag, do you feel good about being able to like figure this out while your kids are young, and being able to like impart like that kind of wisdom upon them? It's like look like the world's not yeah what everybody else will say it's. Like, so, so go find your own.
1: So Dominic, um I kind of let him start his own little business in my CrossFit gym in Ashland. So he sells water bottles for a dollar a bottle. He he has to stock the fridge. He gets money in a little jar. Um, but the last, I, you know, I don't even know how he gets water now because I haven't taken him for a while. But I don't know where it, I don't even know where it comes from. I don't even know where it comes from. But anyway, so so. I said, look, you can buy these, you can buy these water bottles for 20 cents a bottle or whatever they cost, (laughs) you know, and then you put them in the gym and you come and collect your dollars. Um, He's got a separate jar that they put their money in. And, uh, uh, I dropped him off at Aldi's the one day I said, go, go in and buy your water. Here's your money. Come out with your water. And he did. (laughs) He's what? 11, 10. He was probably 10 at the time i didn't care like go do your job dude like you got to learn uh talk to people you know and so he did he went in there and came out with his water bottles and he put them in the fridge um and now he he, you know we went there and collected his money and he's like oh i made, made all this money i was like listen you ain't make no money on water if you don't have people to sell it to so just realize that first <laughs> yeah. of all you ain't selling it in yeah. the street we need 10 percent to the big guy yeah <laughs> you know So I told him, right? So I told him, I I made sure he understood. Like, look, the only reason this works is because we have people here. So you have to understand that. But, you know, keep doing what you're doing and just learn Mm -hmm. from
4: it. Some of the other lessons he's learned through this water bottle experience he started shopping around and realized he could get water for 10 cents a bottle. You know, but that stuff he had to figure out on his own. That's awesome. And then. He got his money decided he wanted to spend some of it okay let's go to the store well this he collects coins too so this little pack of things he can put his coins in it was a couple dollars so he goes up to the register figured out what tax was pretty quickly Ooh, tax <laughs> so like those are the things that we can go do every day and he's yeah. figured out like how to shop you know efficiently and make more money what taxes and how much you have to pay and how well you have this much, but you have to save a little bit back because you have to pay your tax with it. So those are things that he's also learned through the water bottle experience.
0: That's awesome. Well, that's like, we've, we've been talking Cass and I about like this homes, like doing the homeschooling thing. It's like all these things that you do through a normal day as an adult, you know, mostly in through life. It's like you can, we can teach all of the lessons that they teach in school through the normal day. Like, all right, maybe algebra and some, you know, uh, calculus. All right. Now, you know, I like to build things, but I'm not building anything that requires (laughs) calculus by any means. But like, you know, the tax and addition and all these different, like things, you got to pay your taxes. the the year, Like like all, unfortunately, but it is what it is. Like, so you can teach these lessons as you go through a day to day basis, like real life, real life things. And then it's like, right. Right, so it's like you can be the you can be the person in the story. You know, you can be S- Jane with her five cows and three story chickens. Story and-
3: problem that mm-hmm. test that Kyrie brought home. That you guys, they were talking about um, oh if Jimmy packed a sandwich, what would he put it in to keep the sandwich cold oh, enough? Or I lost my mind. And it was talking about like would he wrap it in aluminum foil or would he wrap it in plastic? You know, and I'm like, well, there was probably like a story that went with it. And Fred's like that's wrong <laughs> that is not even right and Kyra was like well I got it wrong and Fred's like I would have done exactly what you did because he was like thinking very practical and I'm like there was probably like a story they went with it and he's like the story doesn't make sense though like it doesn't it doesn't flow it's not accurate like it's scientifically not accurate and I'm like well they probably just wanted her to be able to read the story and pick something out of it. And he's like they make the story accurate. Yeah. Like, this so that's, is that's not bullshit. Even that's what sense. that is. Like, I don't want to
0: answer. Like I've done that too many times where I have accreditations, my professional career where it's like they, that you can tell the tests are just made to like make money. We want you to give us the answer that we want you to give us all of the, Like, it's like three out of the four questions could be, or answers could be right, but you need to make sure that you give us the answer that we want. It's like, Like, stop it. Like, that's not how life works. That's like, ah, it just drives me crazy. But then I did find out that that was a bonus question, probably
1: because they knew the question was crap. Well, (laughs) the story problems are interesting to me because, uh, and I'm a very stubborn person. Like, I can hear a thing. Jess tells me all the time. Jess will come up with an idea for the business. And I'll ignore it. And then six months later, I bring it up as my own. And then it's like the greatest thing ever, right? <laughs> right. So she knows that. like We're okay with that. Whatever. We've talked about this before. So,
3: <laughs> that's a husband yeah. thing. So,
1: so the funny thing is with story problems, I would always figure out the right answer in school. But I would never be able to show my work because I was more like a guess and check. Right. Okay? Yeah. So I never did it by the way they taught me. I never it didn't make sense. I didn't like that. I was like I would guess and check and figure out the answer and I would get it right, but I was always lose points. Oh, which it. is insane to me. Yeah. If you get the right answer, good. Yeah. You got the answer. And it's funny to me because as a business owner, you own a business, there is no equation. None. You don't have an equation. You don't you have, have to, to explain to somebody out. why you have, got the right answer. <laughs> you got to figure it out on your own, man. Like if, if there was an equation for it, everybody would do it. Right. And uh, so it's funny to me. I look back, I always laugh because it's like, dude, I still have to figure stuff out like that. But you don't have an equation for me. I just have to figure it out on my own. And it's funny, you know, the kids that are doing that, that are like, well, I don't get how you're doing it with your little system but I have a way to figure it out on my own. Those are the ones I need to be like, all right, cool. Here's some different questions yeah. for you. Yeah. Figure this one out. That's what needs to happen rather than tell you, Oh, well, I guess you're not smart enough. No. Then,
2: then they need to go. Here's a rocket. Build it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Give them something harder. Don't tell <laughs> yeah. them. Don't, 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 don't tear down their confidence and self-esteem by telling them they're not as good. Tell them, dude, that's really cool that you figured that out. You didn't even need our, you didn't even need our system. And you still figured out the, the answer.
2: Yeah, I would say that's the best to yeah. be honest with you. Uh,
1: that was kind of my thought is I was like, I didn't need your system. I still figured it out. You yeah. know what? But no, I lost points. How does that help anybody? It makes zero
0: sense. That was always my problem. It was like, well, if I'm giving you the right answer, then what? We'll...
1: I got the answer. Right. Like, well, I didn't uh... cheat. I just figured it out on my own. <laughs> yeah. And and so I think that's where the business owner, that's a big disconnect. You own a business, no one's telling you how to do nothing. You got to figure it out on your own. And I think that's where they need to start identifying like, okay, this person thinks outside the box, let's capitalize on that and move them forward rather than tell them no, follow our program. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. You got to do that with some things. But other things, it's like, this person's not thinking on the same wavelength. Um, let's help them out beyond. Because yeah. make- I don't feel like, because there was periods of time through school where I felt like, well, I I guess I don't, I'm not good enough. When in reality, it was like, I'm just, I'm just thinking differently than everybody else or differently than the, the, the program said. Um. And, and I think there needs to be some leniency there with people.
0: Maybe I don't even say leniency. I would say let's, let's tap into some of those people that think differently because those are the people that end up propelling, you know, society as a whole forward that hey, this person thinks a little bit. Yeah. Are they a little bit different? Yeah. But that's a, sometimes that's a good thing that they they can think, you know, around these situations and problems we have and figure it out on their own without. Whatever equation it is.
2: You mean the non elected leaders? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm just talking, talking. <laughs> like, you know, like, are we the divergent? Yeah, figures.
0: I joke about the flat earth and all the thing. Like, the per, you know, when I first started, no, that's not right. Cause that doesn't fit, that doesn't fit our, our I'm, box. Sending, I'm sending you up, bro. I, I'm down yeah, here. For I'm it.
2: writing that $50,000 check and you were going to space.
0: I'm here for it. <laughs> I want to see the curvature of the earth. It'd be sweet. But like, that's like, we always, the experts, given enough time, have always been wrong. Every single system essentially that we've had given enough time has been wrong and changed and made better. So by doing the same thing that we're, we've always done, like what was I guess the same crap and we never, you know, advance these people never get smarter because it's like, no, you have to do it. this yeah,
1: far. You can't train everybody to be the same. Cause then you're not getting not. any different outcome. Yeah, so I, I, and, you know, anyone that's been really good at any trade that I've ever met started at a pretty young age. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think society today doesn't like that idea. They just want you to be like, well, graduate high school and then you can do whatever you want. When in reality, there's kids that start at 10 years old that are, that are doing things. And they're a professional by the time they're 17, 18 years old, Mm. before they even graduate. And they are able to make a good income, good living on whatever trade they learned. And I think I've always thought in my mind, I'm like, man, past sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I don't feel like I learned a whole lot in high school. Like that really applied to my life. It was all this real at least, not educational yeah. value. Right? <laughs> I right. learned a lot. It was, it was like yeah. this real abstract education stuff. I'm like, I don't, I haven't applied any of that. Like, none of that mm-hmm. makes any difference. I just wonder what our society would look like if, at sixth, seventh, eighth grade, uh, people started learning a trade. And and I think to not to go off topic, but you see more and more nowadays with high school kids intermingling with the teachers in bad ways. I'm like, well, because they ain't doing nothing. They're just jacking around in school and texting and messaging, and it's all these inappropriate relationships and stuff because nothing's happening. They're just there just kind of wasting their day. It's going to fill the time. Yeah. And I've always thought, like, that's not right. Like, you turn 13, 14, 15 years old, like, you can start being productive in society in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would love that because as soon as I – when I was in high school, I went to criminal justice, career center. And, uh, as soon as I had the opportunity to do work release, dude, I was working immediately, <laughs> immediately. I was getting out of there as soon as yeah. I could. I'll go work. I don't care what I had to do. Just get me out of here. I'm gonna make some money. Um, and so I, I think it'd be good to see more of that. Um, just getting people productive in society and just, I, I think people, I, I wish the education system would be based around how can you benefit your community the best you can because that's never brought up. That's never a topic. It's always well, you have you have a boss someday you got to listen to them. I'm like, well, that kind of sucks. Like that's not a great. <laughs> yeah. That's not a great. That's not real motive. No, that really I mean, sucks. <laughs> nobody's mo Nobody's motivated by that, right? Like, and, and and again, I have no issue. You, everybody, you know, has a place in society not everyone's a business owner. So you'll have employees. I have some fantastic employees. Um, I wouldn't trade them for anything, but on the other hand, like, what are we doing to push people into benefiting their society? What, what is your best trait, your best characteristics that can help our community be better? And I don't think that's ever brought up. Yeah. Um, focus on what you're good at and go do that rather than, well, what's, what's the best vacation time? What's the best hourly pay? Right. What, when can you retire? I remember at jobs I had in the past, we'd sit at lunch and every few months it'd come up. How many years do you have to retirement? I was like, dude, I so badly want to just leave here right now and drive <laughs> yeah. off a cliff. Like I don't <laughs> want to be here at all. This is horrible. Cause if you're, if the only thing you're focused on is how many years you retire, yeah. You might as well be in jail. Yeah. Like when can you get I out got, of jail? I got 20 when years to so get out. Yeah. <laughs> what a horrible yeah. situation. And I would encourage anyone that's, that that's the conversation they're having regularly. Go do what you want to yeah. do. Start having new conversations. Because I, because people, it's so funny to me. I have people, uh, they'll ask different people. will be like, well, you know, you want me to help you with your investments? You want me to help you with your retirement fund and stuff? I'm like, No. Cause I have these businesses. That's my retirement. I don't ever intend to quit until I die. Why would I have to quit? Why, what, what, what? I don't want to retire. I love it. I don't want to get rid of it. This is what I do.
0: Right.
1: You know? And I think that's the attitude people need to have is like, I'm not focused on retirement. That's never crossed my mind. This is what I love doing. Uh, and, and I think that needs to be the approach with the education system. It's like, what's the point of getting a job if all you're doing is, I just got to work 30 more years till I can quit? That's horrible. That's a miserable life. That's not fun at all.
4: I think there's another big missing link, which is parenthood.
1: Mm. So you're
4: never given, like in school today, when were you ever taught? Like, you can also just be a mom and what what are we missing we have so many parents both of them work all day long and are expected to know how to come home which is not a problem if parents want to work but then they're expected to come home and know how to do all these things with their kids when they're not taught how to manage a life like that you know we're taught well you go to college like i i was You know, in in school, it's like, well, here's your career choices, what you would be good at, something artsy, whatever. I did my college, and then I'm like, well, I have to use my degree now, or else what a waste of money. It wasn't like, well, you can actually not have a job. I felt for years, like, that I, like, don't talk about me just being mom, because it's not good enough, you know. It's not a good enough career choice, or whatever. And I think that's also a big missing link in what we're teaching kids. Like you, you can be a parent and that's all you need to do while your kids are little, you don't have to have have a career that, yeah, that is, that is a job and it's very worthy.
0: Yeah. And I think when you're talking about, you know, the community, tying all the community and uh, whatever you want to do with your life and whatever you want your career to be, it's like, well, I, it starts your, your first community should be your family. Right, well, what can I do? What's the best you know option for my family, and what's the best option for me within my family and for my wife and my kid and you know whatever like whatever it might be like where are the best options for all those people and how can I contribute you know sometimes like raising kids that understand how communities work and how to be a benefit to a community will what more of a benefit to a community is there to then to add more beneficial community members to it, like that's a heck of a job, you know. There's there's a big difference between like, you know, some of the like the memes around like, ah, oh, I'm a, a stay at home mom or I'm a stay at home dad, you know, like I should get paid this much to wash a lot. Like, well, no, like that's that's what you're doing is you're you're contributing to your first your community, your that, that nuclear family. Like, what what better you know asset could you be giving yourself? And the people around you, then more little human beings that are respectful and can, you know, work hard and that, you know, love their community and try to contribute to it. And it's like, it's not hard to see over the past, you know, 30 years, whatever, how we've gotten to the point we're at, because it's like, everyone's been so separated and it's, you know, there's no, like you said, there's no, Nothing wrong with both parents working and trying to do all those things, but it makes them a lot harder when you're you work and then you come home and you have a couple hours. You try to like you try to sit down and eat with your family, and then it's well, we got to do this. You got to get your homework done. That's bedtime. And then so you get what two hours a day with your family after you spent ten hours at work and your kids spent eight hours at school. Eight hours like, influenced by all the other kids. Yeah, with their prison lunches, like, <laughs>
1: like not like. Well, and and uh, you know, Jess. Jess and I work very well together with the business. Cause she's very creative. She has a lot of great ideas, but at this point in our life, of course, if we sent our kids to school, she'd have all day free and she could work for the business. And I'm sure it would be more profitable and all this stuff. But like, I get it. Like it's more important for us at this point to raise the kids and educate them the way they need to be educated. Um, so that's a, you know, so, so I don't want anyone to look at this like, Oh, it's no big deal for us. It's like, no, she's sacrificing her, her, her everyday hours to educate our kids. Um, We just feel that's more important right now. You know, someday, you know, when the kids are older and grown, then, then she'll be free to do whatever. Um, but the, the, the whole money thing is not the biggest, most important thing for us right now. It's, I want our kids to be raised and have the understanding we do. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at. You know, she does what she can when she can do it. And, and I, I get it. Um, but we work very well as a team. But for now, it's like, yeah, this is what we got to do. Perpetuating the future. Yeah. Just yep. making, we want our kids to be successful someday. And we just feel like this is the best way to do it, you know. Well, what's the point of being a parent if your kid's not successful,
2: yeah, you
0: know? We,
1: like- and we, and, and, you know, looking back at it, it's like, I don't know. It was weird. Cause we both went to public school. We both went to college, but now we both like, wait, I don't know if that's the right thing to yeah. do. I've encountered so many people that were homeschooled or Amish. And I'm like, I admire that the way their kids behave, the way they act. And we saw almost immediate change with uh, our kids since we took them out of school. They just, they act like us. We're not fighting their goofy buddy, whoever they met at school, (laughs) whoever that is. They're not acting like them. We're not fighting that attitude. We're not fighting that whatever they're trying to do um, is they're kind of more of a copy of us. And and that's what I prefer to see rather than like, wait, what are you doing? What are you saying? I, I'm not trying to do that. You know, I, I want you to be a successful person someday and a good person and a good, have a good family and whatever your little buddy is at 12 at school is doing is not cutting it. That's not what I want you to be like. And so, uh, I have no problem pulling them out of that and, um, You know, obviously he'll be, you know, our kids will be whatever they want to be someday, but I'm going to give them the most uh, basic background and upbringing that I can, um, you know, because they'll do whatever they want to do, but I'm going to do my best to make them the best person they can be.
0: Yeah, that's why I guess I look at that is it's what can I do? You know, we've joked a lot with our daughter. We're like, look like you, you didn't have a choice you know, we kind of did this without your consent. You're here now. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you didn't have a choice to be here. That, that was ours. So like, now what can we do to make your life perpetually, as long as you live the best, the happiest you could be like, so like whatever we can facilitate to like, and if breaking that mold of this is what everybody's supposed to do all the time, you go to school and you go to college and you do this and you get a career and you work Like whatever you want to do, like, that's what we want you to do. And we want you to be happy and successful and, you know, following the norm. I mean, we could bring up statistics, statistics all day long. They're not getting any better, you know, normal people, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So like, all right, how do I guess, you know, how do we break that? You know? know.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if I think if you were, you know. I think if you're happy with your life as a parent, um, then I don't see why you wouldn't want to raise your kid to pattern after that. Right? Like, why would you want to send them off somewhere else to where they're going to pattern their life off of something different? So like, I, I like our lifestyle, what we do and how we live. And that's what I want to train my kids to, to learn and do, um, rather than just leave it up to somebody else or a bunch of other people. I that are probably miserable. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah. And all the weird stuff you see going on nowadays with the schools, like, I don't, I don't believe anything unless I see it with my own eyes, you know? Right. But, uh, it's a lot of weird stuff going on and just not about that. So.
0: Yeah, I hear that. I don't know what much better way to end this than that. Yeah. The the uh the love for the kids and wanting them to have a good life is what it's it's all about and you know, yeah. making productive parts of their communities right. is because you get you realize that it's you know, Tony and I talked about a lot is if you do something good because it makes you feel good, does that mean it's no longer good because you were doing it because it made you feel good? I don't know, but you're still doing something good for other people. Mm -hmm. Like, so win, 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 I guess, you know, like let's encourage people to do good things for other people.
1: Yeah. I I think, I think if the whole point of the education system was, was how you can be successful while also benefiting your community, that should be on the walls in every classroom. But you can't. That's talk not in a lunch sure. line, right. Craig. Right. <laughs> don't network during lunch. <laughs> not permitted. <laughs> Whatever. That's probably, the, that's probably <laughs> the worst thing you could teach kids.
0: They yeah. just realize that it's yeah. probably the worst thing yeah. you could teach a kid is don't network. Don't network. <laughs> Tony, you got some last thoughts?
2: I do not actually.
3: <laughs> Jess, any last words?
0: Thank you for joining
2: us. Yeah, nice. thank you.
0: Amongst all the reluctance, reluctancy. (laughs) We appreciate it. Thank you guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. Remember, check out the website chronic-curiosity.com to join us at the forum, have some fun, interaction, pick you up a comfy t-shirt, or if you just want to support the show and donate, all that is on the website as well. Thank you. Until next time. See you.